you know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. A whole week already has gone by. Can you believe it? We are back. Those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith. Had a great day. Here we are recording our show at night, you know, because I'm teaching all day. <laughs> Radio show golfer guy, he just goes up, plays golf, and talks for a living, right? I don't, I don't do much of anything, man. Let's you know? think about this. You play a bunch of golf and talk for a living. Mm-hmm. I play some golf and talk for a living. I think we're in the same profession. Well, <laughs> except I play a lot more golf than you do. Well, that's true. <laughs> because you're a golf professional, and yeah. I'm just a guy who owns some clubs, man. So, you know. <laughs> Ain't nothing to it, but to get out there and do it. But we have come to the rescue of, I mean, you, not me. I channel you a few times now and again. Have have a story. No, I got to tell you a story about Uh uh, one of our friends, Diane. She's like a voiceover queen, or she's like the voice of like. OnStar. OnStar, yeah, right. You have a GM card, you push the button. That's right. It's Diane Williamson who tells you where to go. Yeah. She lives here in town. We used to work at the same radio station together. We're very good friends. And she and and her her significant other. I um, know that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a great, he's a big time golfer. And we play yeah. golf together a lot. We were playing two years ago now it was. And one of Diane, Diane never played golf until she met her current significant other. And she became addicted to it quite quickly because she was addicted to him. And it was a great way to spend more time with him, you know, as as a story yeah. you hear a lot of times with golfing couples. She um, never took a lesson except from him, which is one big mistake. But the other thing is she always had trouble getting out of bunkers. In fact, they had a, a rule when they played together that if you got into a bunker, just pull it out and play from the grass close to where the ball went in. In front of me, she didn't want to use that rule. She wanted to show that she could get out of a bunker. Well, she couldn't. So I said, would you mind if I gave you a tip? And she said, no, I'd appreciate it. So I gave her the tip that you had given me just two weeks prior. (laughs) Where to stand, where to put the ball in your stance, how to gauge where the ball should be in your stance, and how to hinge and thump and get that ball out of the bunker. It worked. And she was like, wow, what else can you teach me? And I said, I don't know. Tell me what you want to learn. I'll call Jeff, have him teach me, (laughs) and then I'll get back to you. So anyhow, I gave you complete credit. I said, no, it's not me. I just had had this problem my entire life up until two weeks ago when Jeff Smith showed me how to get the hell out of a bunker. That is one of the things we are going to impart to you today, whether it be a fluffy bunker or the nemesis of many, many golfers. Oh, yeah. The other one, the packed sand bunker, that one, you know, so there's a couple things. Part of it is a mentality that people have. As soon as it's not dry, fluffy, people get in there and it's firm and they exaggerate the hell out of how firm it really is. Yeah, it's not concrete. It's not. And that's the thing that I try to get through to people. And I say, okay, let's take a look at something for a second. First, we have to realize it's still sand. Mm -hmm. If you just walked into it and you'd look, if you can make a footprint nearby your ball, Mm -hmm. don't do it behind Patrick. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you read me loud and clear on that? <laughs> we're not <laughs> we're so i'm sorry i digress we do that often on the show i just chose this time to do it mm-hmm. so anyway we take a step into the bunker and we go somewhere near your ball and just look did i make an impression with my feet mm-hmm. i don't want to have to jerk around and smush and squish and squeeze squiggle around my feet i don't want to do that i just want to see something right If it's soft enough that I've just made an impression, yes, I weigh 170 pounds. Mm -hmm. And you go, well, that's 170 pounds. No, it's spread out over the course of that, my entire shoe, right? Right. But yet it's soft enough for that to go down. So your golf club head is not nearly as wide and large as the shoe. It's certainly far more compact. Mm -hmm. And it has some properties in it, like, oh, let's say weight at the bottom of the club, that when you slam it into something softish, like firm sand, is mm-hmm. still softish. Right. Right? It still goes down. It still gets below. Yep. So as you realize that that's the case, and you get it out of your mind that it's really not concrete, and the club will penetrate the sand. Now, you all of a sudden, you say, okay, well, let's take away some of that bounce on the club. Lots of people, when they walk into the bunker, the first thing they do, they think that rule, remember that thing, you know, there's like some law of the universe in golf that the second your feet touch sand, your club face has to flip open. Right. Right? It's like, oh, no, we can't play golf without that rule. (laughs) But we can, folks. (laughs) So I, I get the club face and I hit it. And I just square it up like it's a shot out of the fairway. And so then the leading edge is not angled down, but it is also not flared up. Right. Because if I flip the club face open, the bottom of the club, the sole plate goes down and the leading edge goes up and points to the right. Mm-hmm. And this is where people screw up a lot, right? Because they do that. And then the sand is somewhat soft-ish, but firmer than the fluffy one that they're dry and poofy out of, right? Right. And then they put the ball too far back. So the club, the leading edge is up, and the ball's too far back, which means the club has not gotten all the way below the ball like we need it to. Mm -hmm. So then they're having trouble getting it out. So my strong suggestion is to move the ball into the place where your normal golf swing is going to make the wedge bottom out. That is about at your left hip joint, front hip joint, right Mm -hmm. hip joint for the lefty golfers. But let's not talk about them because there's just a couple of them in the world. And all they have to do is just reverse everything you say. Yeah. Right. And they're used to it. So, right. They are. Yeah. So left hip joint. That's where the bottom of a regular, normal, everyday guy swing divot would be. The mm-hmm. bottom of the divot, you know, the deepest part. Right. Where the club penetrates the sand, it enters close to center, and then digs down. And the deepest portion of that is about at your left hip joint. And then it starts to wake its way back up. Well, what if we're smart enough to put the ball on the left hip joint where the club would normally get below it? You know what happens? The sand ball gets, flies up. 
It gets out and of the ball gets bunker. thrown out there. Yeah. Yeah. Goes up. I know it's kind of funny to say this, but if we just treated that firm sand bunker like we treated the fairway shot, because they're about the same, firm enough to walk on, but yet still soft. Right. Treat it like a fairway shot, for God's sake. Put the ball in a place where the club's going to get to below it, throw sand out of there, and the ball's like this big white grain of sand. It's not this hard, folks. Do you find that in those circumstances, one is the the player has a tendency not to swing anywhere near as hard or as fast as they normally would because they're so close. And and therefore, when the club actually does hit the sand, it slows down substantially and the ball still doesn't get out of the marker. Well, there is that, that they're afraid, right? right. Oh, my God, I don't want to blade it. So they go so slow because when they blade it, then it won't go as far. <laughs> right? That's what they're thinking. <laughs> so yeah. they're planning to hit it crappy. They just want to hit it slower and crappy. That's what they're planning. And that's a, not a good way to go about life. No. <laughs> right? So let's do the one job that you have to have in the bunker or even out of the bunker. All sitting on the ground, sand or grass. Our job is to drive the club below the ball. Right. Has to. Lots of people, though, they sit there and go, oh, no, 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 I don't want to dig. So I'm just going to try to skim. And then they wind up swinging the club more back and forth and less up to down. Yeah. You're like, whoa, time out. We have a job to do, folks. And it's get the club to get below the ball. So let's skip out on the back to forth motion altogether and think of it more of an up to down motion. Now, when we pick it up steeper, it is still moving back, right? It's just higher. The club handle point, the shaft points up, the heads up, and then it comes in on a steeper angle and drives down under the ball easily because of the angle that the club is coming into the sand is steeper. And then it drives under the ball, and the ball pops up on this big cloud of sand. Poof. That's well, not a seen big it. cloud if it's wet. Well, then it's it's still an explosion of it's sand explosion. below the ball. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that's clumps. the key here. <laughs> right? It's clumps. It, it's an explosion of sand. Right. Wet sand, dry sand, firm sand, whatever, packed down sand. It is still an explosion of sand below the ball, which balloons the ball up into the air. Because it's nothing more than a big white grain of sand. Right. Do you? I was I was once counseled that in a shot like that, you do the same speed, the same force, but the swing arc is shorter. Uh, basically, said take it back to three o'clock and come forward to nine o'clock. Look, as long as the the shaft stands the head up. Okay. Yeah, that works great. Okay, just checking. But if the shaft at this nine o'clock to three o'clock thing. If the shaft is pointing level to the ground all the way back there, this is about to be bad. Very bad. Right? Gotcha. We are talking about thumbs up on the takeaway. Right. Hinge the wrists Mm -hmm. so that you can thump the sand. Right. Uh Uh-oh. There's that again. We've got to delve more quickly into that. What's the name of this shot? Uh, That is the hinge and thump. 
shot. We'll talk that in greater detail when we come right back. Hang out. We are those weekend golf guys. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golf guys. We hear that a lot at chickendinnercasino.com because we have so many winners. That's because we have so many ways to win, including slots, blackjack, poker, and more. Of course, you can step into our sports book and bet on any sport, including the NBA playoffs and Major League Baseball, with some of the best bonuses around. But don't just take my word for it. Hey, it's Heath Bell here, former pitcher for the San Diego Padres. Hey, this is Ryan Sandberg, Chicago Cubs Baseball Hall of Famer, number 23 retired. Hey, it's 2017 NBA Slam Dunk Champion, Glenn Robinson III here. Be a winner by playing chickendinnercasino.com. Winner, winner! Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Chicken dinner casino. Where you can become a winner winner like me. And our listeners get special offers. Just go to chickendinnercasino.com slash sports. That's chickendinnercasino.com slash sports. And you could be a winner winner today. Wonderful product. I've lost 111 pounds using that product. 111 pounds. You could not believe the difference. I went from a size 48 pant to a 33 pant. And I've maintained that now for over almost a year now. Yeah, absolutely. Andro 400 has helped me lose 111 pounds, and I've maintained my weight for almost a year now. Thanks, James, for that inspiring testimony and 111 good reasons to choose Andro 400. The most effective and natural way to lose belly fat, increase libido, gain energy, strength, and muscle while safely boosting your testosterone levels. So, guys, how many reasons do you need for trying Andro 400? Well, here are two more great reasons. Order now and get free shipping plus an additional $6 off when you use the code SAVE6. That's SAVE6. Call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435 or go to andro400.com. andro400.com. And thanks for hanging. We are back John Ashton here in the studio, Jeff Smith down there, relaxing now after a long day in the hot tropical sunshine, teaching people how to play much more better golf. And you know now what? he's here teaching you how to play much more better golf. You come home after a full day of teaching and you take a shower and you go, oh, <laughs> you just feel so much better. Yeah. Right. They're ready to go back out and do it again. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I call home, you know, cause I'm down here in South Florida for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I call home to Indiana and I talk to my wife and I hear her yet another day say to me, the weather is just miserable up here. <laughs> right. And end yet April, again, folks, another day you try to conjure up some sympathy. <laughs> end of April folks. It's still <laughs> lousy in Indiana. I got to uh-huh. tell you, right. I would lo- look, I love all my Indiana clients. I love them. We have such a great time and they get better. As a matter of fact, a couple of them have just keep texting me about one of the college kids, won his first college golf tournament. It was great. Cool. He did it. Uh, you know, he did it on a hard golf course too. He was, he was at the Sagamore in Noblesville where I used to teach. It's a Nicholas course and it is a pain in the rear end. He had three rounds under par. Wow. Oh, by the One way, by two. I need, I need to communicate something to you. Came What's from uh, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys from our favorite caddy, Randy. Scott, oh yeah. Who's a caddy up at the Pete Dye course at French Lick. Uh-huh. He, 
we were talking about that course uh, about, yeah. I guess, four That's weeks ago. One. He was listening to that episode and he, he heard the line where you said, even the pro shop doesn't have an even lie. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he lost it. He said, that is so accurate. It's it's tremendous. It yeah, it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's another thing about bunkers, man, is is the lies are, especially if you're on the, is it the the backside, <laughs> the downward yeah, right. slope of a bunker? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a different a technique, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, well, look, it's a, it, you got to go with, how am I going to get this thing out of here, right? Right. That's the first thing. So you got to think, what's my lie, right? I got downhill, so I have to alter my stance. I got to lower my front side. And mm-hmm. raise my backside so I can kind of make it more level. Right. Right. Me more level to the slope, let's say it that way. So you can run parallel to the way the ground is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I got to have a tunnel off now, don't I? Yeah. Because I still got to throw sand up and yeah. out. So, yeah, guess who's got to swing a little harder and faster to throw the sand a little farther because you're from the backside of the bunker. You got you got another 10 yards to carry it out of the sticking bunker onto the green, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's still got to come out high. So I need loft and I got to swing hard. Yeah. Ball's still going to be co- sort of co- toward the front because it's still going to bottom out there, especially when you're tilted forward, right? The the bottom of the arc moves forward toward the target. So your swing, your ball still got to be there because the club's still got to get it below it. Otherwise, you're going to skull the snot out of it. Right. Right. So you got to get out of that sucker somehow. So you're going to have to swing a little harder, but you must tilt front side down. This is the awkward tilt, the one that nobody wants. Yeah. Everybody can tilt to the back. Right. And we do that on every driver. We do it half the time. Anyway, because our right arm is our right arm's lower than our left, our shoulder right shoulder is lower. Mm-hmm. When we tilt the spine to the left toward the target, oh my God, people just act like that's the worst thing they've ever done in their life. Yeah. Well, it's hard of, to do. Most of the shots that come from that lie are the worst shots they've ever done in their life. So <laughs> I can see why true. they would think that way. It's true, right? But you got to adjust to the slope. Right. Yeah, stabilize the heck out of the downhill leg because you can't be sliding down the hill. <laughs> right. That's not helping any. That's right. right. So you got to do that. Gotcha. So, you know, when when you think about these difficult lies, how are you going to get the club there? Sometimes you need the hinge and thump action, right? Where you uh-huh. stand the club up real fast. Because if you're on the backside of the bunker, if you didn't hinge it and stand the club up real quick, you're gonna club it's gonna run into the back lip of the bunker and now you can't even swing. Right. So yeah. you have to do that to clear the bunker, but you also have to do that because you need the club coming in steep. Yeah. And, right? and that's the big thing too. I mean, you hinge, you hinge your wrist on almost every shot, but this one, the, the hinge is the most important. It's a quicker. Aspect. Yeah. Yeah. It's a quicker, you know, so that's why I label it that, right? Because the hinge and thump is the skill of standing the shaft up as fast as you can for the purposes of having a steeper angle of attack. And you unhinge those wrists as quick as you can and thump the spot below the ball, right, grass right. or sand. And it, you know, you're driving that that big chunk of metal at the bottom of the club, you know, the sole plate, the mass, the chunk of weight, the whatever you want to call it. Yep. You drive it below the ball and the ball leaps up in the air. Getting back though to the the speed or the force or however you want to uh, describe how fast or how hard you actually hit the sand. Yeah, that is something that only would come from, and this is coming from me. So sit down. By practice. <gasps> well, hold on, folks. 
he's probably going to edit this out. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, he just said it on his own. (laughs) I didn't coerce him. That did not happen by me. But I mean, you have to, you have to learn things on your own. You know, look, people who don't go in to do these things, to figure out how hard they got to swing to make something happen, won't be good at it. Yeah. You tell them, you know, I've told you this a bunch of times, John, I happen to work with a whole bunch of intelligent people. Yeah. So they're really interested in learning the, how do I do this? But they also have the, the dilemma of going, okay, fine. Now I've learned it. They think that just because they understand it, they've learned what to do, that they can actually go perform that without practice. They Mm. think they can because that's how they've managed to be successful in life is they've just fought their way into success. That's right. Yeah. So we're not doing that. (laughs) Look, we have a good concept and why and we understand it, but you still got to go perform. Right. That's what you just said. And I just dragged that out so we can actually mention the fact that you actually said it's good to practice. Well, you know, again. I mean, when, when you get to, you get to the course and let's say you, you give yourself, you get in the habit, you give yourself 45 minutes to an hour or whatever to just warm up, do some stretching, you know, do some putting like we discussed a couple of weeks ago, get the, the feel for the speed of the greens and everything. The conditions an hour before your tea time are going to be, most often the same conditions on the course. Unless of course it starts raining while you're in the middle of your round. And then, you know, the same you is just going adapt to because that's the way we do it. Right. Right. But you still need to become cognizant of the conditions of the bunkers and the greens and the fairways and get comfortable with playing in those conditions. Just prior to Is that the SAT word for the show? What cognizant? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, don't look, ask, you throw one don't out there. Don't ask me show. to spell it though. Right. <laughs> but you throw one out there at every show we have. You, you whip that one out this time. I just thought I'd identify that one for the audience. <laughs> right. So, you know, we, we sit there and we think, how do we get this done? Right. And, and, you know, here's the thing. We're belaboring the point that John's actually the one that said it, because if we do it long enough in this segment, he can't edit it out. <laughs> right. Because we're dragging it out. We, we'd have to go read. We have to go redo another segment where he, he can claim ignorance about that whole thing. But no, we're dragging this out. John has clearly pointed out you have to get out there and do it and do it and do it. Otherwise you're going to stink at it because you won't have any idea of how hard to hit this or how to actually get it to that spot because we have to practice everything. And I apologize for the dog in the background, but there's nothing I can do. We can't hear it. Oh, good. (laughs) He's driving me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder that's this week's excuse. He's, 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 he's saving me. He's he's saving me from someone walking by the front of my house. I'm sure he. he That's great. Yeah, he's. Well, the rest of us, you know, out here in radio listener land, we can't hear that. (laughs) Okay, just checking. Which which means that which means that noise canceling thing you got going there is working. (laughs) It's called a door. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, but uh, again, because the the conditions vary, and and 
when, especially if you've got money on the line or you're playing with somebody who thinks they're substantially better than you or whatever, you, wow. that is not the time to try to sit back and say, Oh, what the heck am I going to do now? How do I do this again? You should have it down. You should know what you're doing at all times. What do you call it when somebody thinks they're significantly better than you? Dreamland. <laughs> I was going to say condescending just so we can have a couple of that <laughs> words in there. But nope. John brings up Dreamland. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I went, I once said people say that I'm condescending. Oh, that means I talk down to people. So, Oh, really? <laughs> so I mean, you tell them what you're really trying to say and like come down to you. <laughs> Here's what okay. I really mean by that. <laughs> we, we have now gotten you out of a hard pack sand bunker. Uh, if you've been paying attention and if you go and practice it, we'll get you yeah. out of more sticky situations when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. So you stay right where you're at. Don't you don't move. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone, and welcome. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. They'll tell you if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 800-905-7124 now. I'm here with spokesman for the firm, John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call in. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here with you. We always enjoy answering the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident that was not your fault, give us a call right now. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions and tell you how much your case is potentially worth. Call 800-905-7124. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now to speak with a live agent for free. Call 800-905-7124. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golf guys. We are back those weekend golf guys. And yes, thank you for not leaving while we were gone. We are back now. So um, what other wonderful tidbits can we impart today? The other shot, you know, we talked about the hinge and thump, right? You stand right. the club up, you hinge your wrists, and you uncock them on the way down fast, and you thump the ground below, and it pops the ball up. Well, that's one shot. How about the opposite version shot? You remember that? We used to call it a bump and run. But I don't call it a bump and run because it does. It tells me that I'm going to bump into the ball, and the ball's going to run. I get right. that. You know, my hinge and thump is somewhat of a description of how you're going to do the shot. Right. Because really, the hinge and thump produces a high soft. All right, so what if I want one that goes low forward, a bump and run, right? Call it a firm-handed scrape. Firm-handed scrape. Right, because my hands are now firmer on the club. I'm not going to be hinging my wrist because I, I can't, because right. my hands are firmer, right? Right. But I'm scraping the club across the surface, clipping the ball. So I've got this thought in my head of two opposite motions with the same club can produce two shockingly different shots. 
So the firm-handed scrape is basically a club that you take back low, take through and scuff the ground gently right under the ball and keep it going through low so there isn't much up to down in the club at all. Right. Now, all of a sudden, a handle slightly in front of the head, like the club manufacturer built it, if everybody just gets out a wedge and holds it straight up in the air and they put the sole plate flush on their finger, right? Hold your finger out, stick the sole plate of the club flush on the finger where mm -hmm. the leading edge is not up, nor is it down. Okay. The sole plate is now level to the finger. What you'll see is that the manufacturer built it with the handle significantly out front. So in this firm-handed scrape, if you put it in that position where the handle is a little bit out in front of the face, and then you just kind of scrape it across the surface in front of your body, where the club bottoms out right below the ball, and the ball happens to be in the middle of you, you get a lower, more forward-running trajectory without it popping up a lot. When you talk about not hinging your wrist, so you talk, you're not talking about not hinging them like you would with a, with a putter stroke, are you? Um, I'm not trying to make them rigid. Okay. Like a putter stroke, you might want to do that. Right. But I'm also in the, I'm not in the habit of hinging my wrist and standing the club up. Gotcha. So let's call it firm handed. So that way you don't start to hinge it up, but yet you're not holding it so rigid in your hands that your hands cannot move kind of like you are with a putter. Okay. Right. Because what I found, yeah, what I found with a lot of folks is that I give them a firm hand scrape, then there could be a little bit of supple action in the wrist if necessary. But the second you try to kink the wrists up, you know, push the thumbs down and the wrists kind of bend up, bend the, the joint bends upward to the sky, thumb goes down and wrist goes up, that makes people lose their touch and feel. Right. And and then all of a sudden they feel stiff and robotic. And they're like, well, I can't, I can't do this. I'm like, yeah. good. Please don't try. Yeah. <laughs> right. Please don't try. Let's, let's do something that joints still get to behave like joints, but not easily. Okay. Think about like a squeaky door hinge, a, a firm door hinge that you can still move it if necessary but it really is kind of arguing with you a little bit about it. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. That's why I said firm handed scrape. Right. Now are so you it's more shots? of a forearm sweep across your body. And you also mentioned that the ball position is closer to the middle than it is to the left hip, it, right? It is. Because, or the forward well, hip. Yeah. Right. So what we do is we just do it with a practice stroke and we just see where it scuffs the ground. Mm -hmm. You'll find out that it will be very close to your spine. Like in line with the okay. spine. Cool. Right? Yeah. Very close to the center of the body. Not halfway between the feet. I know lots of people on these lower forward shots, the first thing they think about is putting the ball back in their stance. Yeah. And the handle forward. So they can take the club, lean the handle forward significantly, and then the trouble here starts. This is where they screw up these low forward shots. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, the handle is so far forward of the head because the head's back and the handle's forward, right? Uh -huh. That now what they've done is they've taken the head and they, as soon as they start to move, the wrists are already kind of pre-cocked and then the head starts traveling up. 
but the leading edge is also angled downward with the handle that far in front. Then all of a sudden the ball's back there and now they've got to get the club back to the back of the golf ball. And then you start to push the club down, but the leading edge is still down. Remember that. Mm -hmm. And this is why people fat shots. Yeah. They just chunk it and bad things happen because the force on the club now is moving toward the ground in a straight down kind of manner, as opposed to a moving forward kind of manner. So this is why I'm very specific about my ball positions because it has a purpose. And I know you, you, you want to align it with the spine and not with the feet, but I have a feet question. Um, okay. I've seen a lot of people, both pros and amateurs, when they get to a, a chipping or pitching point in the game, uh-huh. They, they stand, knees bent a little bit, feet almost touching each other together sure. and pointed in, in a in direction toward the target. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it allowed, like when your legs are close together, it's easier to rotate your body freely. Right. Okay. Let's look at the exaggeration of the opposite. Go spread your legs a lot. You're having a hard time rotating your hips and your body. Right. Because your legs are bracing against it. Right. Okay. Now, what we're encouraging by having the feet a little closer together and the knees closer together and the feet angled a bit more toward the target is a free turning body toward the target and let that be somewhat the source of power. So and would it you also recommend, would you recommend free, that kind of a stance? Oh, I do for some. Okay. It, it depends on how the player uses their hands and arms. Okay. There's people out there who can stand relatively still in the lower body and use their hands and arms beautifully mm-hmm. for a shot like that. Right. That's, an, that's another thing when, when they align like that, um, it's, it's, you also see them putting the ball outside of their back foot. Oh. Yeah. Well, first, their back foot's very close to center. Right. Right. But when they put their ball that far back, now all of a sudden that angle of the club face just changed. And then they're in the pick it up and throw it down motion mm-hmm. with the ball too far back. That's the death. Yeah. They can have the feet close together and angled slightly toward the target. So that way they turn their body back a little and through a lot. But all they'd have to do is just move the ball closer to center to get a better shot out of that on okay. a consistent basis. Because we can all hit a shot really well. You can say, well, I did it that way, Jeff. <laughs> I hit a good shot. Your way doesn't have to be that way. I'm like, I get it. We're talking about the, the the greater times, the number of times that you do this. More you. often than not, when you put the ball close to where the club gets to the bottom of its golf swing, you'll have better contact. So as the numbers play out, the, the larger number of shots you hit one way or another, you'll have better success and less failure with the ball closer to center than you will back of center by more than one more than one golf ball right again because of the angle of the club when and the angle that with the club ball. is you're right yeah. not just the angle of the club head but the angle that you're swinging down at it's right. a much more of a steeper swing yeah it's pushing down into the ground the trouble is the face is leaning forward and it's you're just miserable and, and is you think with the again i'm just surmising here but you talk about you see the a lot of players put the the club too far forward from the head. You think that's because they don't understand that that's in forward of the head is where it would be naturally. And they think they have to have it in front. So it it gets exaggerated. Look, 
these things are commonly said and they're vague. Yeah. And so they're like, oh yeah, the handle needs in front. You always hear this, ooh, we need more shaft lean in this, or ooh, we need handle in front of the head or whatever. So people exaggerate the living snot out of it. Right. Because they just don't quite understand how it's supposed to work. And they don't understand that angles matter. Yeah. Yeah. And and if if this angle is good, that means the other ones are not as good, right? If this is the best angle then no other angle could be better. And that's how the club comes through the ball. Where does it bottom out? How does it use its sole plate the best as a slider without raising the leading edge? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that means the, the it's a neutral, meaning the leading edge is nor, nor, neither angled downward nor angled upward. It's level to the surface with the sole right. plate. And it's a slider at that point. Well, then we put the ball where it slides. You know, it's such a simple game, people. I don't know why you make it so difficult. Anybody they can do, do. it. <laughs> just do it. They just do. <laughs> we'll talk about some more. Uh-huh. I tell you, I guarantee I guarantee you, you're gonna shoot a lower score tomorrow if you just listen today. We'll be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Why don't you follow us on Twitter? It's very easy. Just go to twitter.com. We are at WKND Golf Guys. It is still us, those weekend golf guys. I'm still John Ashton. He is still Jeff Smith. We have been talking about the two shots that Jeff thinks are so important that he's actually named them. And I think he's copyrighted these names too. But we have the hinge and thump, and we have the firm-handed scrape. Now, we were talking about situations in which you use these, and we were putting them in bunkers. But these shots both can be used from the fairway very productively. They they can. Can't they? So the, the first thing I do is I let people know that if you own these two motions with ball positions you can change the club that you do it with and get all those middle trajectory shots that roll out some if that's what you want you could hinge and thump it with a nine iron and it won't go up as high and it will travel a little farther Uh and it will roll out more than if you did it with a lob wedge still the same action completely different shot Right. You could also do the firm-handed scrape with a lob wedge and get it to pop up in the air more so than if you did it with your nine iron. And then it would land softer, spin a little more, and trickle out. And yet you didn't have to hinge and thump just to get the ball to go up. You could firm-hand scrape a lob wedge and it will still pop up in the air because it still has 60 stinking degrees on it when it hits it. So now what you're going to say is, well, how how do I know how far? Well, <laughs> go ahead, take, John. Take them to the course. Go to the practice area. See how easily that word just falls trippingly from my tongue now. I know. Do the motion with every iron in your bag and notate how well the ball flies, how far the ball flies, how far the ball will roll. When you get to the third <laughs> hole and you're, you know, five yards off the green and six paces on the green is the hole, you'll know what club to use and what technique. Yeah, you will. You will. It'll be a lot more fun, too. You'll hit shots and you'll go, well, I didn't think I could do that. <laughs> and then you'll play another round of golf because you made, you made yourself happy. Yeah. 
you fed the ego a little bit. You did. And, and the other thing too, is we have, we have harped on this for so many times, but this game is so much to do with your self-confidence. Um, the way the way you think about a shot it's it's going to happen if you sit there and say i'm not going to be able to do this you're not going to be able to do it or if you sit there and say i hope i can do this you're not going to be able to do it you have to be confident in how hard to swing where to put the ball what club uh -huh. to use you have to know that what you're doing is the right thing to do for the situation you're in and it will work Positive, the yeah. power of positive thinking, man. I okay, mean, Zig. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. How to win hey, friends, you're in a better, influence you're people, a much better and, mood hit, tonight, right? and hit good golf shots, man. I yeah. want to know, look, today you've used the word practice almost like I use the word practice. I know. Have you been you sitting know. in front of the mirror just going, <laughs> practice? Okay, I can say it. It's practice. I've been practicing practice. saying practice. I have. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm yeah. thoroughly impressed because for many years, you couldn't even, I mean, you were choking on that. I know. That word couldn't come out of you at all. Yeah. And then you got through the stuttering part of that. Yeah. You know, right. Mm -hmm. And now it's just rolling off your tongue like it's something. I know. I, I bet still... you I can get you. I bet you I can get you to say it at least once, maybe twice per show from now on. I still can't say I'm uh, I made a mistake. Still can't say that. <laughs> I recall times where we were, <laughs> I was calling you Mr. Iverson as it related to this, this practice commentary. You don't need no stinking practice. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I mean, you, you got to know, you got to have the arsenal. You got to know what the arsenal is. No, you got to know not only how to do it, but what the results are that you get with doing it. I think people need to play games with each other, fun stuff and challenge each other to go out there with a friend and say, okay, let's see if we can hit these kind of shots. Watch, Hey, watch this Yeah, is a really good one. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like not, horse and basketball, man. It's a lot like it, right? Yeah. Try not to make those be the last words you say, Hey, y'all watch this. Right. <laughs> Try not to make that happen. Right. <laughs> but go out there with a friend. And, and just go hit a couple of fun shots, right? Go hit a couple of hinge and thumps around the green and, and watch it and go, wow, I could do this. Watch what happens if I put the ball here and do that. Watch what happens if I put the ball there and do that. Next thing you know, you're like, oh, my. Yeah, it's, it's working. It's working. It's a something. miracle. You know the difference between a, a northern fairy tale and a southern fairy tale? What's that? A northern fairy tale always starts once upon a time. The Southern fairy tale starts with y'all ain't going to believe this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear on that. But yeah, so, but I mean that a, a game like that beforehand. I mean, my brother-in-law and I, we play, we play games where we, you know, on the, go to the, go to the putting green. And it's, yep. you know, if you can, if you can, like you're talking about, you know, put your hat down, try to hit the ball to where it just hits the, the yeah. fringe and then hit it back to your hat or wherever, Look. you know, how many, and whoever hits the most, the most balls that get closest to the hat buys the beer for the round, you know, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, for the kids in the crowd, uh, buys who buys the hot dog and the Coke. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Go figure that stuff out, folks. Play games and learn what you can do because 
you're screwing around having a good time. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Doesn't have to be work. You know, just make fun of it. You know, you can with it and just say, look, I'm going to hit this shot. And I'm going to hit that shot and go around and say, okay, let's have a game. See who can get it closer. One of us has to hit the high soft one and the other one has to hit the low forward one. And then we switch on the next one. You hit the high soft one. Somebody else hits the low forward one. That's a lot of fun. And and you'll you'll know the, the different club you need to use for the situation you are in. I gotta hit a high soft one, but it's a long way. So I'm gonna do it with my nine iron and not my lob wedge. Or something, right? Just yeah. figure it out. Right. Right. Yeah. Check your trajectories and check your distances. But you know, it, it's really interesting. I'll, I'll go back to the times where um my daughter Rebecca. John, you've played with her at the French Lick Golf Course. Yes, I do. Rebecca did not like to practice in the way that regular golfers practice. She For liked reasons to, why I liked her. <laughs> right. Because you didn't like to practice at all. That's she just right. liked specific kinds of practice. Right. 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 She liked competitive practice. She had to be interested in beating you. Mm-hmm. So we would do that. We would go practice together. So that way she would hit shots and I would hit shots. I'm working on my game. She's working on her game, but we're challenging each other. And that is where she had interest. Some golfers are like that. And some golfers love the, I'm going to go hit 800,000 of these until I got it right. (laughs) Yeah. Wherever yeah. on that spectrum you are, go satisfy yourself, but don't walk away without proving the fact that you got better at it. Exactly. That's that's the whole idea. I mean, practicing without a purpose is is basically a waste of time. And uh, and we we have we have a whole show about that. Just practice but, with purpose. Just go look it up. I'm not going to tell you where to find it. But anyhow. Um, and again, as Jeff has often said, don't don't practice until you get it right. Practice till you can't get it wrong. That's right. That's what the greats do. That's it. I give a lot to it. Look yep. at it. Or anything worth doing is worth overdoing. You know what? I agree with that. I really do. But then there's that when it when it comes to certain things, I agree with that. Okay. Because you see, I've paid a price for that. When I took it to the wrong arena, Uh, for example, pizza is worth eating, (laughs) right? I paid a price for overdoing that. That second large pie. (laughs) Right. All of a sudden, that was not such a good idea, right? (laughs) Brownies, another good example, right? (laughs) I like eating brownies. They are worth eating. I promise you. I'm with you. I promise you. I am with you. You know what else is worth doing? Going to thoseweekendgolfguys.com on Facebook and uh, following the page there and going in and signing up and joining the private group, the uh, the League of Extraordinarily Average Golfers. We have a lot of fun over there, too. And um, you never know, you might learn something. And if you want to learn a little bit more about how to use golf to make more money in your business, especially if you're a salesperson, a commission salesperson specifically, then you might want to go to thebusinessgolfcourse.com. That's easy to remember businessgolfcourse.com or back nine advisory board on Facebook. That's it. Uh, Jeff Smith, golf Check him out there. 
um, Instagram. It's Jeff Smith Golf Instruction too, is it not? It is. I'm trying to keep things pretty simple for myself. John Dot the Golf Guy on Instagram for me. So until next time, man, go practice, get better, be back here next time and learn some more. And uh, you will break whatever your magic number is by the end of the season. We promise. <laughs>